Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. In this interview, I talk to Marty McLeod, who's on the show here for the third time. This is very interesting because, number one, Marty is a student of Five Figure Niche Site, so it's cool to you know be able to brag on one of my students. Number two, Marty's like an awesome fixture in the Niche Site Project community, super helpful on the YouTube channel, Facebook groups. He's active in multiple Facebook groups, which is you know way more than I am because I'm basically not active at all in any Facebook groups anymore. Even my even my own, but uh, the cool thing is Marty has hit three thousand dollars per month with his Amazon affiliate site, and it has not been without work. It's been a ton of work. And the first two episodes that Marty was on was sort of a similar interview style, although this one's a tad shorter because we're just hitting the updates. But the first time he was on, he hit his initial goal of five hundred dollars per month. A few months later. He hit $1,000 per month. That was another one of his milestones. And I think he had a goal set for $2,000 a month. But at the time we're recording this, he has blown past the $2,000 per month mark. And he's been doing about three k per month for about three months, at least the time at the time that we recorded the interview. So if you want to hit Marty up, you could probably find him around in, like I said, different Facebook groups out there. You can probably find them out there on YouTube and the chat and comments and that sort of thing. Definitely check out the other episodes if you have not listened to them. And by the way, um, those, I think Marty's other two episodes are like two out of the three most popular downloaded episodes for the Doug show. And like I said, he's been on the, the YouTube channel some as well. So I will, uh, I'm going to stop rambling on and just send it over to the interview. And thanks a lot, Marty, for joining me and talking to me on The Doug Show. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm with my good buddy, Marty McLeod. How are you today? I'm great, Doug. Appreciate it. So we have a great success story interview because Marty's been on, I don't even remember how many times, at least two, maybe three other times. And you hit, I think, $500 the first time and then Mm 1000 And I will let you um, say the recent milestone that you hit. So where are you at right now with earnings? Yep, I am at, I'm happy, very happy to say I'm at just over $3,000 a month. Awesome. And is it a fluke? Did you just hit like 3K a month or and like you've only done it once? I think in March, I was like close to 25, 26. I forget exactly. So it was traffic still growing. So it ended up after that, I I actually hit it. And I didn't think I was going to do it, but it was a nice surprise. Awesome. So it's been three months straight if I'm doing the three months straight. Awesome. Congratulations. That's a huge like accomplishment. I know you appreciate it because you've been (laughs) in the trenches doing stuff the whole time. So exactly. Like for the people that haven't um, watched the other interviews first, watch the other interviews, but can you give a little intro about yourself, Marty, and like just your journey so far? So big, big question, but feel free to take your time and let us know what's up. Yeah, I'll I'll try to keep it uh, to the bullet points, as they say. So originally I had a couple of years ago, I tried building a a niche site on my own and it was a flop. 
I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to find keywords. I didn't understand competition, yada, yada, yada. Uh, then I was a student of your five-figure niche site course, and that helped me get a much better game plan. And I built my first site, and I've been working on it ever since. I actually have two. However, uh, like 95 or about 95% of the, the income comes from that, that main site, and it's still growing now. And I've just been co consistently working on it ever since I started your course. And I'm at, as of this week, at 81 posts on that site. Sweet. Yeah. Amazing. So I do, I appreciate your, <laughs> you mentioning the course, but um, I know that you've learned from many people and I will yeah. just give you, a ch even early in the video, I'm going to give you a chance. You can spit out some other podcasts you'd like, okay. other blogs, whatever. Who else did, did you learn from? Who influenced you along the way here? Yeah, I also learned a, a little bit from Kyle Trouble. Uh, I learned from podcasts as well and articles from uh, Human Proof Designs, Authority Hacker Guys, uh, a little bit from Niche Pursuits, Spencer Hawes. And I, I, I actually picked up a little bit from Johnny FD's uh, Travel Like a Boss, which covers a wide range of things. But some people on there were actually affiliate marketers too. So, you know, motivation as well. Uh, but the SEO stuff and stuff like that, I learned from you guys. Uh, you and the other guys like that, you know, cool. the nuts and bolts, if you will. I, right. I think that covers a lot of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm fans of a lot of the people that you mentioned too. And yeah. as I was coming up, I mean, we all learn from different sources. Like I said, I appreciate you mentioning the course, mm. but Hey, everybody, you know, you can learn from all sorts of people. I mean, one yeah. of the reasons why I like talking to you, Marty, <laughs> some of the other people in, in the course <clears throat> is you guys are really smart. You're smarter than me in many different ways and I can learn from everyone. So, um, I, I encourage everyone to take that approach as well. All yeah. Right. So I know people are wondering a lot of the details on the site and that sort of thing. So we're not going to reveal it or anything like that, but okay. you mentioned like uh, 80 posts or so. So can you talk about like the number of like keywords you had when you started and how long it took you to get to 80 posts? And are you adding a lot more content and just sort of the content and keyword area? Tell us about that. Uh, okay. So uh, the... Well, uh, of course, in your course, we start off with a with a ten post uh, ten post sprint, as you, you tell us to do, you know. And uh, uh, as far as keywords, um, uh, can you clarify that question about the keywords? Sorry. Sure, sure. Um, just did you start with like a bunch of keywords, like four thousand, or like three hundred, or like fifteen? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, back then, I started with the the list from that niche, which. It was a, I forget, it's probably 50 or something. And of course, I had to evaluate what I can use. Ever since then, I've been gotten better and better and better. I used to do a handful at a time, but now I've got more efficient and I'm getting a list of a couple hundred at a time and I, I go through them and sort through them and evaluate them. And then I move from there, you know. And uh, for me personally, I have not had the best luck with the riders to this point, which is still an issue I have to figure out, of course. So I've been doing all the content myself, okay. which is also, I mean, that's, that's really hard work and it's take, it slowed me down because I average two, maybe three posts a week on a, on a good week. But at the same time, the, the things that I've learned have, have really paid off. You know, they really have. Gotcha. So you're publishing <clears throat> about two to three posts per week. Um, yeah. On, okay. And how, how long are those posts? Oh gosh, they easily average. 2,500 words minimum, 
because I, I, I've dug my heels in to, as far as quality goes. And when I optimize for more, more keywords, that ends up naturally without any fluff, it ends up being a longer content. So uh, for some of them, it's, it, it's 3,000, 3,500. Yeah. It just kind of ends up, once I got better, it ended up kind of coming naturally, the length. You know? All right. Yeah. So you, you're putting out about 10,000 <laughs> words a week. Is that, that what you're telling me? That's probably about right. It really depends on the, uh, if it's new material, I have to learn, it slows down. And it could be one and a half that I get done or two, but I, about, I, roughly about two is about right. Yeah, about 10. Then uh, between six and 10,000 yeah, words, it's probably about right. Plus right. the images, I, images take time too. You know? Okay. Well, what about images? <clears throat> do you, do you like just buy them from a, like some content site or something like that? Or how do you use uh, your images? I've done a couple different things. Uh, some things I do, there's some free stuff out there. And what I'll do is uh, I, I create my own, generally speaking, and uh, except for product images, uh, I created a lot of stuff myself and I'll take free stuff and I'll edit it and add it with something else, like my own text in a free editor like paint.net and maybe use a plugin to help me achieve little, improve the quality of the images and that. Uh, I make my own my own clip art sometimes now, and I can edit an image and have it target whatever the topic is, and have a nice little image with some little clip art and some nice looking picture that I, read, I think people would like and help help uh, just break up the text. You know, sure, that's one of the goals. And if people want to see an example of this, Marty actually wrote a few posts for me over at Niche Site Project, and uh, he had some of his beautiful art in there, which. Uh, it looks good, you know, because I don't do that stuff myself. I just usually I'll grab like an image or something like that if it's relevant. I really lean heavily on like case studies so I could just put data yeah. on there because <laughs> it's late. I mean, it's, it's, it's useful, but it's lazy. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So you got, you got pretty long content. you you think high quality is pretty important for your particular niche or would you say that's kind of across the board? I feel like it's across the board, at least to some degree. Uh, I mean, I know that I do really, I go pretty far with mine and that's benefited me, but not everyone can or will. I think that you should have at least a certain level because I, I've seen so many niche sites out there that are just really bad. And it's very obvious they're stuffing it with just with fluff. And I feel like that's really harmful to uh, reader or uh, viewer interaction because I, I feel like that's gonna that's that's gonna burn you. You know, it's very easy to tell when something is really focused on delivering value to the reader and when it's not. And I that is what I try to do. I try to do the latter. Will this help somebody? Is this what they're looking for? Will I answer the search query, help them make the right purchase for them. That's what I, exactly what I try to do. Very good. Now, <clears throat> as, as far as like going back and like iterating on the content, improving areas that maybe you thought you did a really good job on, yeah. but maybe you left some stuff out. Yep. So do you, do you go back and improve, iterate and everything? Yeah, definitely. And that, especially not too long after probably six months after the site got started getting a little bit of trickle of traffic. When I went back and looked at how I originally did stuff, I thought, wow, that was bad. And I redid all of it. And I started off with a better, you know, better way. I changed to conversational style writing, but yes, periodically I do go back and have to check stuff. And it's inevitable, I think, when you're learning and you get better a little bit at a time, you go back and you think only something two weeks ago, 
you would never would have done it that way anymore. And you say, oh, I can improve this. Why don't I go ahead and do that while I'm here? I do like to do that. Yes, to answer your question. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And do you have like a systematic way to approach that <laughs> with 80 articles, different quality, different you know time mm-hmm. when you wrote them? Um, how do you tackle that? Um, well, like for example, right now I'm going back in and uh, changing some relatively minor stuff. So I, in my Google sheets, I've kept track of all my post URLs, yada, 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 dates, revision dates. I do it that way. So tr- I can uh, check off what I have worked on, what I have not. And I, you know, if I need to add notes there, I can, that, I think that's a, some kind of organized way of knowing what you have, what you've done and where you are. If you need to go through the list, something like that, you know, Okay, that's what I like to do. And then as far, and obviously we're focusing a lot on content. I'm trying to think of all the questions that people have. So, and and things that I, like I try to emphasize for people, but uh, one of them is interlinking through a site. So I, I expect you have interlinked some. Yes. Now, did you start at the very beginning and you've kept that up or did you have to go back and like sort of rework it as you, um, built the site out. Yeah, I've had, I think it's natural that you may have to go back and rework it a bit because uh, one one good reason, and when you were asking about going back and, and fixing posts, doing some updates, it, I, th- uh, I feel like at some point it's inevitable that you're going to add some new posts that were relevant to stuff that's old and that you did not have back then. It makes a lot more sense to link to them now as opposed to what you did in the beginning. Actually, that happened recently. I had four new, four new info posts, and they're all extremely relevant to each other. It's just the specifics were different. So I interlinked those, but they didn't all exist at the same time. So once all four were done, I went back and I updated all the other three, you know, for example. Gotcha. Ma- made sure I took advantage of that. Okay. That's, that's you know, exactly like that. Just, that's just an example. Okay. <clears throat> and, and that's perfect because that, I mean, you don't know, you don't know that you're going to publish stuff in the future. But then, you know, there's probably really relevant stuff that you can link to, and then you get the SEO benefit from it. So Mm -hmm. now external links, some people are very nervous to quote, you know, let their link juice, you know, leak out into the world or whatever. There's a really weird way for me to ask that question. But do you, uh, add external links to like authority sites, um, other references, bigger sites, maybe competitors. Like, do, do you care or what, what do you link to? Generally at this point in time, and I'm always looking, you know, always try to learn and improve, learn and improve. But right now what I do is typically I have a few links to a site. I have one, like one to something like Wikipedia, uh, one of the how stuff works sites. I, I usually like to check the authority and the validate the site. Uh, in Google's eyes, you know, or, or something similar to that and uh, stuff like that. You know, if I have like if I have a technical term, that's a great opportunity for me to link to that definition in Wikipedia. That's that's just exactly a perfect example of what I like to do two to three times in a, in a post. I do that. I've, I've heard and I've read that that's a really good idea. I don't know if that's 100 percent true, but that is my my practice right now. Okay. And I, I don't have any real data, but I, I read something or heard something once that like, wouldn't it be good if Google thought you were a hub of information and you're like mm-hmm. sending people to other like good references? And I, I thought, yeah, that actually makes sense to me. I like <laughs> it when I land on 
a site and I want to do more information or, or I want to find more information and I can follow a link that's actually relevant, that's not like garbage. So yeah. that's, I think that makes sense. Again, mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to what you mentioned before, like a visitor lands on your site and they have some problem. They, like they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to get help from you somehow. And if you could help them get more information, well, that's perfect, right? So uh, very good. Now, what about competitors? Do you ever link out to competitors? Uh, uh, not competitors directly. I've done a few with people in somewhat related, but not competitive, competing ni- uh, niches. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've conducted competitors yet unless I had, a, there might be a rare instance where I had a really good reason to do so for okay. something that's a little bit harder to find for a definition or something like that. But generally as a rule, I do not, you know. Okay. And I'll just throw in a, a tidbit here. Um, I have done that, especially when I found like the information useful. Cause it, again, in my okay. head, I was like, well, I used them as a reference, so I may as well link to them. So that's one little tidbit. The other, um, is I link to the manufacturer site often to the manual because that's kind of yeah. non-competitive and it's like, yep. well, that's good information. Basically all PDFs uh, for manuals are like available free on the website. Yep. So um, I usually put one or two of those in a post if I can. You know, I, I do that and I've noticed where keywords are actually people searching for manual download for XX product and I'll actually have that available as a download. You can even put a little button in there you know, and stuff like that. Interesting. And I have so, the text, text and everything, you know. Oh, so, so you're like, um, you're, you're getting traffic and like people are looking for the manual and they're getting it from your site versus <laughs> the manufacturer. Uh, I, you know what I need, to, I'm not sure how much that's helped, but I, I try to take advantage of very little, a little opportunity like that. And I also do that as second reason for doing that is when I'm given this information, I try to establish my, my post to something I, somewhat authoritative and I know what I'm talking about. And that is, that adds to that. In my, in my, from my perspective, you know? Yes. You know, I agree. Cool. So <clears throat> any other details on like content that you think may be useful to share here? Yeah. You need to make it easy for people to read. Uh, conversational style English is ideal. And that includes using contractions. You're not writing uh, academic style. When I started, I did it completely wrong, and I had to go back and fix it. <laughs> right. In a casual, friendly way, uh, if you have data, make it clear. Use a simple, clear table that's that looks good on mobile because I, I still see this problem a lot on mobile. A lot of people's tables are just horrible, and you can't. Nobody wants to swipe over all, all the way over just to, just to see it. So I always make sure that my tables look good on mobile. If if it doesn't look, work one way, I'll figure out another way, or break it apart, or something. Yep. Uh, use your H2s, H3s, organize your content, break it up. Don't make it too long. You know, if you're not using Yoast, find some way of getting uh, writing suggestions to try to help break up sentences that are super long. You know, the, the basic stuff about making stuff easy to read. Uh, I, again, I, I use images because I think that they people find them appealing, especially, if, you know, if you're going to do that, use clear images that are size the right size. Don't enlarge a teeny tiny fuzzy picture. That looks really bad, and it, it looks like you're not doing a very good job. Um, just try to come across as you're trying to help the reader as much as possible. And I, 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 at this point in time, I've learned I avoid saying buy this now. Uh, instead, I'll say something like uh, I use a more copyrightish style of saying 
it's it's great for these reasons. And here you can go check out why it's one of the best selling products in Amazon. And that'll be my link. That's a tip I picked up from Kyle Travel. You know, it's, I, I kind of make it a casual way segue to clicking on a link, and it seems to be working pretty well. You know. Very cool. Yeah, I I uh, when I see buttons, for example, like buttons, it's like buy now, like super aggressive stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. a little too much. And I, like I prefer, like you said, a little so- like you want people to want to go over there. You want them to be a little yeah. curious, and like you said, copywriting is a valuable skill to use, um, especially when you're trying to sell something and provide information without coming off like you're really pushing it. So. Yeah, uh, I do have one more small thing I could add to that. Uh, when you said you're talking about content, so I've noticed that some people have had done things where they have the call to action at the top, but there's nothing at the bottom. But usually when people read and they evaluate something mentally before they click on it, you have a natural flow of here. here's the name, here's some pictures, here's some information, maybe your pros and cons, and then you have a call to action. And, I've, and it's no coincidence that a lot of people who aren't getting sales are doing the opposite. They have it at the top. And a lot of times it's actually in a way that people don't even know they should click on that. So it doesn't make sense. Why would you click on something before you read about it? So a natural flow down to the call of action is more logical and seems to work well, you know. Nice. And to that point, do you have, I didn't ask you to pull any numbers ahead of time or anything like that, but like, do you remember your rough um, conversion rate as reported on Amazon? Yeah, as reported on Amazon, it's around just a little bit over 10% on average, yeah. And that's pretty high. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Uh, I, I, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with uh, what I just mentioned, the thing I just mentioned. I, and the fact that I'm not trying the aggressive approach, which data shows that's not right. Instead of saying buy it now, uh, I, I imply that here, I give you the reasons why you should buy it. And if there's something you should consider before to not buy it, but something else. I'll tell you why. And then I suggest that it'll be a great, you, sh- you should go have a look at it and consider it. That style of writing, I think, contributes a lot to it. Uh, Kurt Phillips of Convertica once said that your your job should be to help make them make up their mind before they click on the link. So that when they end up at Amazon, they're more than likely going to go ahead and buy it. And that is what I tr- try really hard to do. I, I think that that has a lot to do with that. Nice. And, and also... The user experience on my sites is good, so it's nice and clean. It looks like I know what I'm talking about, uh, and it, I believe so far my, my hunch is that, and I suspect it's true, that if you give a good ex- user experience and you come across as being an authority, people more likely to trust you and to buy. I think that that influences this, you know, the, the mental sales aspect. Uh, that's my opinion. Okay, and I will also, you didn't say this, but you're getting the right visitors on your site. Um, Because even if you did all that stuff, if you get the wrong person on your site, not going to help. So, (laughs) so so it starts with getting the right person on there. And then like you, you nurture them all the way over to Amazon and you're doing a great job. So cool. So we're going to hit some, a couple like faster questions here. So Tools, I and tools and themes and plugins, all the stuff that I basically don't think really matters, but I know people care about, so I'm going to ask it. Um, can you <laughs> just list out some of the tools you like to use, the theme you're using, if you want to share it, some plugins that you feel are essential, um, or if you share my opinion, you could say that too. Okay. Um, 
I do. Okay. Well, one of the most important things uh, that for the keyword research process is I, I personally use Ahrefs, but I know that that's not critical. So don't don't believe that you have to do that because I, I'm using it. I just like having a massive amount of data, which leads me to my next tool uh, to, to do. I automate the all entitled process. So I use a inexpensive tool from us, a guy, a guy site, American guy site named Scrapers and Bots. And it'll actually, at this point, it'll actually do the autocomplete scraping. But most of the time, I just scrape all entitled values and I export them and I have my huge uh, keyword list. And I put those together and it helps me go through a ton of keywords in a short amount of time rather than manually having to do it. Um, see, uh, of course, I mentioned the uh, I, the paint, the, the image editor I use is paint.net and it's free. And I got a, a free plugin that helps me do more features that it was originally missing. And that it's actually pretty good for to be free. It really is. Once you get the hang of it. Uh, Google drawings I use sometimes. That's helped me for a lot of my stuff needs diagrams and people love that stuff. And don't use MS Paint or something like that. Don't half-ass it. You can do great stuff in a free tool like Google Drawings. You can you can do other stuff too. It doesn't have to be technical stuff. That's helped me a lot because now I can copy them, tweak it, and then use something a new version in another post, and save myself that work and time. Uh, let's see what else. Um, goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, you covered a lot. So you got yeah, keyword yeah. research, some of your graphic stuff. Do you write directly into WordPress or do you write somewhere else? Yeah, personally, I'm still writing directly into WordPress. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is fine. Back in the day, um, like WordPress didn't save things as you yeah. want. So like <laughs> I, I would like type up 2000 words and then like it wouldn't save and I, I lost it all. Yeah. So. I still have that in my head, <laughs> but, yeah. but now it saves it in the browser. So you're kind of free from that. So, okay. And I know, um, if you think of any other tools, feel free to mention, okay. we didn't talk about link building, which I believe right. is an important thing. I know some people are like link building is evil. You'll, you'll die if you link build, which I mean, everyone's going to die. I, we got serious really quick here, but Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, it gets, we're talking about SEO tools. So we got to lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Sure. So now, now everyone's paying attention again. And I'm curious, have you done much link building? Because I believe it's very critical. However, I know a lot of people have been able to get by without doing any link building. So where are you at with your site? I haven't done it in the last couple of months. I just, I've been so focused, uh, I'm time limited. I kept trying to work on content. And things like that, and, uh, and fixing any problems that popped up. So I haven't done it in a while. In the past, I have, yeah. Okay. And then what did you do when you were doing some link building? Uh, guest posts. Um, I've done a few, I've gotten a few links from other guy sites to certain articles, and I've done other people the same favor as well. Uh, let's see. I think those were the two biggest ones. Oh, the commenting originally when I started your course, coming out when my site was brand new, I did a lot of, quite a bit of commenting. Uh, blog commenting yeah okay sure. and did you find the blog commenting <clears throat> helpful at all because a lot of people are like ah, it's a total waste of time and so what, what did you find I, I it's hard i don't have data to back it up but i i think that it did help some yeah it's i think that in some cases i had posts where i was too ambitious with the keyword it was it was just something i wasn't going to have the the level required for me to, to rank higher was was steeper than i understood back then 
but now it's gotten things have gotten easier and something like that will be more effective. Yeah. Gotcha. And <clears throat> do you know like roughly how many guest posts that you got? Yeah, I think it's still around. I think we're probably 30 or something. Okay. Okay. And then, so you're doing well, right? Uh, You did some like guest posting Mm -hmm. and I'm curious, like, are you ranking as high as you can for, you know, quite a few posts? And the reason why I'm asking is a lot of times I see people don't reach like the potential and they're like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to keep publishing more content. I'm not suggesting you're doing that, right. although I'm, sure. I'm asking it in that way. But like, um, I do see people, they're like, well, the the link building, I'm not sure if it worked, but I know the content worked. So I'm just going to stick with the content. So mm-hmm. is are you? do you believe that you could rank higher and get more traffic, make more money if you did more link building? Yeah, I do, definitely. And also uh, improving the the post versus my competitors, what's outranking you. I've actually just recently started uh, tinkering with Page Optimizer Pro. I just haven't implemented changes yet. I was just doing something else. I actually was doing something not related to that to go through my posts and update uh, some small stuff. And then I'll work on that next thing. I know the links. I, I do know that they still have value. I mean, you know, the data is out there, the tests that have been done. So it's, it's definitely something you can't ignore it. It, it makes it just makes too much sense that because the top three of, in the top ten, top three size ranking gets so much of the traffic for a search term, it, it it's worth your your time to to try to do it, you know. Yeah, cool. And I, I think I mean I, I've I've been in the same boat where I I've spent too much time on content, and then when I came back a few mm-hmm. months later, like things were fine. I got more traffic from the new content that I posted, but I was like, man, if I would, would have just like split the effort, split the resources, okay. maybe I would have had like just higher rankings in general, which I mean, you can't do everything at once. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you do what you can. All right, <laughs> cool. So not too much link building. You got about 30 guest posts and I, I believe somewhere around like 20 or 30. Like if you have that many going to your domain and they're high quality, like that's enough to play ball. Like you're going to be able to compete, but I think probably, um, if people get more links and you start getting more natural links cause you're ranking higher then like, that's when things start to sort of take off on their own. Now, okay. um, I want to shift gears a little bit before we kind of just riff a little bit here in a second, but what's your why? Like, I mean, you have uh, you have a good job, like you're doing fine. Yeah. Like, what, what what's your end game here? For me personally, uh, the dream to be able to be my own boss and live life on my own terms is for a long time now. It's been my burning motivation because uh, since years ago, I just had this. You know, I've just the American way of life. Well, it's not. We live have lived good life here, but there's a there's compromises to everything. You're giving up your personal freedom and the things, the possibilities of what you can do with yourself and your life. The scope of that is amazing. And I want to have that. That's why I'm I'm doing it. Awesome. Very cool. And like, was there any specific, uh, like maybe person in your life or, um, even a celebrity or some figure, maybe one of the bloggers you mentioned before that sort of like influenced you and you're like, I want to do something like that. You know, there was a lot of them. Um, 
I don't know the guy's actual name. He didn't use his real name. The first one was a guy who was living in Asia, and he was working remotely in some kind of software field. He never, never, never divulged. But he just had this amazing life. He could pick up and move where he wanted to go, and he didn't have to answer to anybody for the most part. But then as time went on, I've met, I've seen more and more people. Uh, Kyle Trouble is one of them. He Now he owns a bunch of, a huge amount of affiliate sites, and he's doing really well, six figures a year. It's amazing to be able to live where you want to and write about it. Uh, but there's other people like in Johnny FTs that travel like a boss. They were just these, uh, a lot of, not all were, but a lot of Americans, and they were just average people who were doing the same kind of stuff in one way or that one genre of income online or, or another. And the, people like that really inspired me a lot. You know, it, it's, it's fascinating because they, they weren't born with some kind of special magic that made them be able to do this. It's somebody who actually said, this is what I want. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to make the effort. If I, if I fail, I won't give up. I'll just keep going until I figure it out. Yep. And that's, that's pretty much the formula, you know, you got to want it and go for it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it, you're, you're a good example as well, Doug. You I mean, you're living life the way you want to. So it's cool. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. I was going to say, we're all just average, like normal jerks that you bump into on the street or, yeah. you know, I'm driving, I, I'm, I'm never in a hurry. That's like the biggest luxury for me. I'm like That's almost nice. never in a hurry. Yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, the only time I'm late is like for stuff like this and I'm like, Oh shoot. I'm like, Marty's waiting on me. You know, I was on time today, mostly though, Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like not in a hurry. So I, I literally, I drive the speed limit. I drive pretty slow, you know, generally. So yeah, angry people going to work are upset cause yeah. I'm, I'm just like, Oh, the light turned yellow. I'm going to go ahead and stop here instead of blast through it like a maniac. So all right, cool. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and it'll be like sort of less interviewee, but you've been okay. in the space here a, a little bit and we were talking before we uh, hit record and you had like some observations on just like the sort of competition level mm -hmm. that people are going after when they're first getting started. So go ahead and sort of explain the observation and what, what tips do you have for people? Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of people message me from time to time and I've seen other things that this I just run across for one reason or another. And it's the issue of people trying to go after keywords that they're, they really have a almost no chance to rank for, especially if they're an absolute beginner. It's, it's just not a good way to use your time. And, and there's, it's actually worse than that because it's going to discourage you. And you'll, in some cases it makes people feel like they want to give up. They feel like they just can't do this when in fact it's not the case. It's just their approach is wrong. So, Again, my advice would be to, and you teach this as well, to evaluate the competition when, when you're evaluating a keyword before you give it the green light. You look at this and you can use a tool. Uh, earlier, I should have mentioned an extension like uh, there's a Mozbar or SEO Quake that you can use in your browser, and it'll show you the stats of the competing URLs and sites. So it'll give you their relative strength, and you can see if, hey, are any sites at all that are weaker or small sites? Are they able to rank at all or are they all just really tough competitors? And they give you a much better picture of your odds of succeeding. That's mm -hmm. you. It should always be, you should always check the competition because, because also uh, you might assume that Google is treating this keyword in one way. And then it turns out it's different. It, Google doesn't always inter interpret them exactly the same way. And I, I have to be careful to evaluate competition plus how the keyword has been treated because there's, there's so many variables going on, you know, Sure. You, you get better at it. The more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. Gotcha. And <clears throat> just my observation on that is 
like well number one the keyword golden ratio is like yeah. the re- like that's one of the reasons why I like gave out the most like helpful piece of information I could even though I know there are like other people who are like hey keyword golden ratio doesn't work and it's stupid and keyword research is a waste of time and that's bananas like I mean yeah. I know there's everyone has incentives to like you know, if you listen to the keyword research companies, they're going to tell you how important it is or other people that are affiliates for keyword research companies or whatever. So everyone has their own incentives. But um, the keyword golden ratio, like sort of introduces you to uh, like some keywords that mm-hmm. are like by definition, they're going to be like pretty low competition. Yeah. Um, there is something nice about someone being like a naive starter um, or beginner rather. And when they're starting, they're like, Hey, I'm going to go for it. And this leads me to one of my observations is, um, people starting like the general review site. So they're trying to compete against the wire cutter or Mm -hmm. top 10 reviews or fill in the blank. And they're trying to cover everything. And it's just, it's not going to work. Like, even if you had a huge budget, um, and you knew what you were doing and you had a team and you had, you know, I don't know, a quarter million dollars to invest over a couple of years, like it probably would still be really hard. And in fact, I saw someone, uh, someone emailed me just today about, you know, Hey, my wife and I started this site and it's like, you know, some general review site. Mm-hmm. They want to cover everything. Um, there's just, you're going to get discouraged. Like you said, it leads you to keywords that you're never going to rank for. Yeah. Um, but again, there's something cool about being so naive that you're like, hey, I'm going to compete with the wire cutter. <laughs> so have you seen some of that around there? Like A lot of that. Yeah, I, I run across those kinds of sites all the time, too. And I've known a few people that are trying to do that, and they were, really weren't doing very well. It's unfortunate, but I don't know where the idea came from. I think it's just a, the, I think it's the ideas that we have sometimes, that we assumptions we make. And, I mean, uh, that's how you learn, though. Most important thing is that you accept that maybe you didn't do it the right way and you can start over and figure out what you did wrong. Yes. And and I think like, you know, the people are at least taking action, right? Yeah, exactly. They're doing something. And I think like uh, I've observed, especially uh, on YouTube, this will be broadcast on YouTube and on the Mm -hmm. podcast. And I have found that a lot of people on YouTube, they just watch a lot of YouTube And if they're not also maybe checking out the podcast or maybe reading the blog, um, at least for me, my observation is there are a lot of just viewers and they're, they're experts, right? They know, they know more than me, but they don't take any action. So, um, do you remember when you like first started your like first site? Like, do you remember the site and everything? Yeah, I do. It was actually related to, uh, testosterone supplements. (laughs) <laughs> for men, okay. which is uh, what it turns out was extremely freaking competitive. Holy cow. One of the keywords is like 100,000 a month. I, I remember that. I'll never forget that. Uh, and it didn't really look that great. And I only got one purchase before I ever I accepted the fact that I didn't do this the right way. <laughs> so it did. It lasted like I think three months, maybe. And uh, I finally said, OK, this was wrong. And I just shut it down. And then I said, I need to learn figures. I need to learn what some, I need a, a real plan, a sensible plan gotcha. and know what I did. I was doing wrong. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you took act, like you realized it and then you, you were like, okay, let's cut this off. Now, was it hard to make the decision? Like, Hey, I'm just gonna, this is a sunk cost and I have to make a decision from this point. It was because I put in, I did put in time and effort and even my own, my own little logo and the color scheme and all that. And I fixed up. You got used to using WordPress and figuring, screw around the, the line spacing that drove me crazy and finally got stuff figured out. But it is, you know, it's, it's sad, but you, I, I think your priorities determine how you behave is, is my belief. And I, I would rather be successful than hang on to something that's not going to work. And I will accept that I made a mistake. And if you have that approach then you can, there's nothing you can't do. You know, yeah. And I think um, what you just highlighted something like awesome here, all the, the couple throwaway lines right there, but like the site didn't work out, but mm. you learned WordPress. You probably learned some keyword research yep. stuff. You learned, yep. uh, it sounds like some CSS. You were trying to mess around. Yeah, that's spacing. right. Yeah. So you learned all these like micro skills that you're like using now, right? And mm-hmm. then you also learned about things that don't matter like the color scheme, although you may disagree with me, but like the color scheme, a couple of those other details don't really like those aren't going to make the sale. They can, they can help support everything else that you're doing. But at the end of the day, it's like, you got to get the right person on your site, nurture them over to Amazon or wherever Mm -hmm. you're trying to sell the thing. So exactly. Cool. Well, um, I just kicked the, kicked the dust there. Sorry about that. (laughs) So, we are finishing up here, but before we go, I'm going to mention a couple things before I send it over to you, Marty. Um, we're going to be doing a couple more uh, interviews and discussions because Marty like has like some awesome things to share. He wrote a few blog posts over at Niche Site Project, so be sure to keep an eye out for these other interviews. We're going to talk about informational posts, and we're also going to talk about uh, – what's the other one, Marty? Optimizing. Uh- optimizing for SEO. Yeah. Secondary keywords, secondary keywords. Awesome. So Marty, um, do you have any parting words uh, for people that are aspiring to be in your shoes? Yeah, I absolutely. I just uh, learn from the, learn from the people who actually have achieved success because I know what they're talking about because they earned it. There's a lot of noise out there. You just need to focus on learning, listening to podcasts in your free time, read articles, and learn to pick up things that actually are practical, the actionable things you can use to improve. And I'll focus on trying to write a good post. It doesn't have to be perfect, but actually put in effort. Don't half-ass it. That, that seems to be a very common problem. People don't really try that hard. And, you know, and uh, just keep learning, learning, learning. Don't give up. If you have a bad day, it's inevitable. I'll learn stuff that's going to happen. It's just human nature. Don't give up, you know, if you need to take a break a couple hours or till the next day. That's cool. And take notes, keep your, keep track of your stuff and uh, try to think outside the box for keywords. <clears throat> I take notes everywhere I go, either with my cell phone camera or you can write it down. I, restaurant stores. I see stuff all the time. It might work out. Some of it has. It's led to keywords I never thought of before. Some of it won't work. That's cool. You never know what you run across. But keep, you start thinking like in terms of opportunity. It's really helped me a lot, too. Yeah. I think that's an entrepreneurial mindset, you know? Awesome. Well, thanks, Marty. Um, I know you keep kind of a low profile. (laughs) Should people just find you um, on the Niche Site Project blog? Is that the right place? Yeah, that's one way to do it. Um, If if it's someone who is trying to earn their own way and 
is, is putting in their effort but needs a, has a question I'd be happy to answer them. They can find me on Facebook too if they really need to. You know? All right. Cool, Marty. I know you're a great mentor. You've helped a lot of folks in the community and I appreciate all of that uh, support you. that you offer. So um, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, thanks. Thanks again to Marty. Again, I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy dude. So I like talking shop and, and hearing your story, man. So thank you. I also want to point out uh, for people that are new to the Doug show, welcome. I really appreciate you tuning in. You should check out some of the other episodes, particularly the ones uh, where Marty was sharing a story earlier on. So it's kind of cool to see how someone progresses on like on a timeline over the course of, you know, over a year. I'm not, I can't even remember the first time that I interviewed Marty, but he's, it's been a while, right? It's been a while. So it's cool to see the trajectory and hopefully you can sort of like imagine yourself, um, like progressing and growing and learning and just, you can sort of hear the the difference in like uh, the confidence level about execution and that sort of thing. So it's pretty cool. The other thing I want to mention is I'm doing this cool age site case study. So if you are a fan of the podcast, I appreciate your support, of course, but you probably already know about the age site case study. Essentially, this is a case study where I bought a site that was aged, right? So it was aged about a year or something like that. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, it was out of the Google sandbox. It was already getting traffic when I purchased it. And then I have been outsourcing most of the activity. So I hired a company to do the keyword research. I hired the company to do the content. I hired another company to improve existing content. I hired two companies to do link building via guest posting, and it's been going well. So if you want to like get a peek behind the curtain on what it might look like if you buy a site, if you are, you know, short on time, but you have a budget, perhaps you have like my, my old gig, you have like an old or a, uh, <laughs> my old gig is not an old job, but it was a, it was a IT project management. If you're in IT, a lot of times you end up listening to like my show over some other different shows. Maybe you listen to them all, but I find that, I mean, this is how like blogs and different, you know, audiences sort of group together. It's sort of strange. I talk about my stuff and then I end up attracting people who are similar to me or have a similar background and stuff. So there's a good chance, uh, like a large part of the audience, you particularly sitting there listening to me, maybe sitting in your car, you're probably in IT somehow or related to it, or you work with other people who are in IT. So the point is um, you may be short on time because you have a demanding job that is challenging and you don't have too much time, but you kind of want to get out of the rat race. This case study might be for you. So do check it out. And even if you don't have the same budget that I'm working with, or you have a different timeline or you have different uh, like, you know, interests or whatever, maybe you want to do something a little bit different. You can get a, a pretty good idea about how you might want to execute these different pieces of the puzzle. And hopefully you'll learn like the right order to do things and the information you need to provide to different vendors. 
it's pretty easy to find companies who will do work for you, but it's sometimes challenging to work with them directly. Sometimes you need to provide them with like a template or more information. And those are things you could probably learn from the case study. So check it out at nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS for age site case study. And if you dig the podcast, which I hope you do, you can find several episodes and I will be adding you know, more episodes over time as I'm doing more work on the case study. So I will leave it at that. Everybody have a great day out there. Look out for some of the other uh, episodes from Marty. Check out some of the other episodes in general. And if you really liked it, share it with a friend. Tell a friend, tell a family member, you know, maybe an enemy, maybe an acquaintance. It doesn't really matter. Just tell someone about the show and that helps spread the word like in a literal way. You're spreading the word for the Doug show and I definitely appreciate it. Thanks and have a great day.